You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade each in the industry, we thought it was about time we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom with you so you can sell more on your online store. In today's episode, we talked to Kim from Burbridge and Burke about how she opened her bricks and mortar store in Nelson Bay while building her online store at the same time and how she did that with, as she says, no technical skills at all. She also shares her tips around connecting with your audience, building a community, putting yourself in front of the camera and how storytelling has been such an important element to their online success. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's dive in. Kim, hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're really excited today because you're one of our first students, I believe. So going back what, a couple of years now. Yeah, 2019, I think it wow. would have been. Yep, May 2019. Yeah. That's right. And you were just getting started with Burbridge and Burke. So tell us a little bit about it. What is Burbridge and Burke? So Burbridge and Burke is a, a lifestyle store, I guess you could call it, a gift store. We've got a brick and mortar space in Nelson Bay, which is about two and a half hours north of Sydney. So it's a beautiful beachside holiday okay. town. And we've got an online store as well. So when we first met you, you were how long had the brick and mortar store been running? We opened our doors in April 2019. Okay, so it was still fairly so new as well. Very fresh, yeah. Mm, I remember having a conversation with Kim saying, you're not ready to be one of our clients, sorry, because you're only no, friend I think you. I maybe got knocked back. <laughs> you did. <laughs> first of all. I remember this now and you were like, this chick really wants to do our program. I told her no, but she's come back and she really wants, should we let her in? Well, no. So Kim, I I said no on email and then you came back and you went, oh, I really would love to do it. So I called you and then we had a conversation and I realized, okay, you're an, you're an action taker. You are actually going to do the work. You're going to, you know, really be committed to it. And I love that you sort of had that persistence to really follow it through and follow it up and go, no, I want it. I want, I might not tick all of your pre-defined boxes, but I'm here for it. So. Yeah. Which is funny because that's very unlike me and my personality. (laughs) (laughs) I take rejection pretty hard, but I just felt in my waters that I needed to do the program and it was what was going to make our business a success. And I was right. And you have been such a success. So let's go back because we jumped forward a couple of years. But when you first started, um, that's kind of when you took a serious approach to the online store. So your store, is it a curated shop? Is it all of your products? Is it a bit of both? It is definitely a mix of both. So the intention of the store originally was just to sell our own work So my wife and I are both designers. She's uh, an industrial designer with a passion for furniture and homewares, and I'm a jewellery maker. But we had this little space and we had room to fill it with some other people's wares. So we thought, let's not, why not support other Australian independent makers like us and sort of fill the store with some work of other creatives. And what I love about your brick and mortar store, I haven't been, but I've seen photos, is that you can kind of see you guys making, like you can watch you doing your earrings and things like that in store. 
Yeah, very much. The studio is attached to the store. So quite often on a slow day in store, I'm putting earrings together at the counter. So yeah, it's very hands-on. Love that. Now, one thing that happened to you guys after you started to do the online store uh, was this little thing called COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I remember uh, just a little bit of a freak out conversation of you and I jumping on Zoom and you were like, what am I going to do? We have to close our store. Things are going into lockdown. Um, And I remember one thing I said to you was puzzles. Like the night before the PM had said, people are still allowed to go out and buy puzzles. (laughs) So all of a sudden Australia (laughs) went into like the shortage of puzzles. And I'm like, promote your puzzles. (laughs) And I remember those doing quite well. But talk us through um, how that went when you first, how you survived COVID. How we struggled or coped through COVID. Well, like in a lot of ways, we're really lucky that our online store was set up really right from the beginning. So while lots of my colleagues and small business friends were struggling to set up an online present, we already had the online store. It was already operating. It was just a matter of focusing all of our effort into the online side of the business and trying to focus on, as you say, puzzles and things that people were really looking for during lockdown and sort of letting the other things rest. You know, people weren't looking for statement earrings in lockdown. Not at the start. Until we wanted to pimp out our Zoom calls. (laughs) Well, oh, definitely, because, you know, look good, feel good, even if it's just a Zoom call. Uh, It wasn't a huge change. It was just sort of shifting the focus on what products we were looking to bring into the store and promote and, um, yeah, focus on selling online. Awesome. And I remember after the mild freak out, things actually went quite well and you had one of your biggest weeks online, like bigger than you normally would have done in store. So people obviously got around and supported local business uh, in your area. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that also worked in our favour is that we stock exclusively Australian brands. And I think just because of the nature of the pandemic, people were looking to support Australian, Australian-made, Australian-owned. So we are sort of perfectly placed to give people what they're looking for at that stage. I think it's so interesting to look at, like, the purchasing behaviour of people throughout the pandemic. And it's, you know, as you say, people were sort of in the beginning thinking, oh, this is going to be a short lockdown and, you know, we've got to prepare and buy some puzzles and home things. <laughs> and then I think people went into, okay, well, let's make our home beautiful. And then people went into, oh, well, what about me? I need to actually look after me. So then people were buying for themselves. And it's really gone around, you know, it's come back around again to people are kind of back to shopping, you know, how they used to, but it's more online and it's different in the fact that, you know, we're not buying dresses to go out. We're buying clothes to stay in, but we're still buying clothes. And if you used to be an earrings Mm. person, you're still buying earrings, but maybe in a different way. Just so interesting to watch. It is. And I think part of it was getting through that difficult mentality of you are not always your own customer. Mm. So we might have been small business owners that were freaking out about not having any income coming to the house, but there were lots of people that were still able to work from home, still had income coming in, but weren't going out spending it. So there were people with money to spend. Um, And once I sort of got understood that, I felt a bit more comfortable selling to people. And that's so interesting because, yeah, a lot of people – oh my goodness, this is happening to me, so it's happening to everyone. But there were a lot of people that all of a sudden had this disposable income. They couldn't travel 
There's a lot of people mm. that usually spend it on travel or going out yep. for dinners and things like that. And all of a sudden they're like forced savings because uh, you're stuck at home. And we can tell by the increase in e-commerce has gone crazy. Like Australia Post, you've only got to look at, you know, their increases to see that people did go, okay, well, I'm just going to start shopping online. And um, mm. you mentioned earlier, and I'm not sure if it was on air or off air, about look good, feel good. And I think people started with the, okay, let's get comfy trackies and let's kind of just veg out for a while. And then as lockdown went longer and longer and longer, we started going, actually, I'd like to look good again and I'd like to feel good again. And people started mm-hmm. actually turning up to their Zoom calls in, you know, so I remember they had like Friday, Frock Friday or something, uh, where people started wearing like formal dresses to <laughs> Zoom calls on a Friday and <laughs> things like that because people kind of I guess for mental health decided no no I might not be getting out but I actually still want to like have an excuse to dress up and put on my nice bright clothes and a good pair of earrings and rock up to my zoom meeting so you notice that trend of people have sort of started to go back to buying earrings and things like that now yeah yeah definitely and I realized it myself you know I was wearing athleisure every day because it's comfortable and practical and why wouldn't you but one day I was just feeling a bit low and I knew I was coming down to the shop just to, you know, play with some new merchandise and do some photography and things. And I put on a dress and some earrings and my mother-in-law who lives above us said, oh, you look like Kim again. And I really felt it too. Like I felt like I was a, you know, I was getting stuff done and I was productive, but I think I'd lost a part of myself. That bright, fun, colourful Kim that we know. Yeah. You know, I, you know, wearing colour and being a little bit artistic in the way that I dress is an important part of me. And so it's nice to have started doing that a little bit. It's really interesting to, you know, for people listening to understand that people buy things because they're an extension of themselves and their values and how they see themselves in the world and how they want to show up in the world. So when you put on a dress and when you put on earrings, it makes you feel a different way. And people buy the feeling. They don't buy the earrings. They don't buy the dress. They buy how it makes them feel, how it shows other people who they are. And so when you're talking to your audience and to your customers, if you can really align with that and align with who they are and their values and show them that you understand them, then you're Mm -hmm. just going to have your customers coming back to you again and again to see what you've got because they know you, you get them. Yeah, exactly. My pink sparkly skirt. (laughs) Almost see it in the background. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you talking about a black and pink um, skirt skirt that you bought online recently, and I've been I've been wondering what that looks like. I'll show you after. (laughs) For everyone else listening, you're still not going to see it. Actually, can we put it on? Let's put it on our Instagram. You're going to wear it soon, aren't you? Going to a um. Yeah, I've got a wedding in a few weeks, and I'm going to rock it then. So I will definitely take some photos for everyone. (laughs) You can see the skirt that everyone's talking about. So you said that you did the program and it really helped with the online store and getting things moving. What did you learn? Like what helped you, do you think, with the online store the most? If somebody else is listening, thinking, what should I spend my lockdown time focusing on? Or, you know, what could they start doing on their website today? What made the most impact? Yeah, well, it's such an all-encompassing course like it covers so much so what I loved about it was that I was right at the beginning of my journey and that was probably a good thing and that I hadn't made a whole lot of mistakes or wasted a whole lot of money I was able to sort of you know I had set up our Shopify store 
a couple of years prior with the intention of, you know, making things at home and selling things online while I worked in my corporate job, which never really happened. So the bones of the site were sitting there, but the program, the Igniter program really takes you through the very, very basics from the beginning, like how to lay out your website to make it, you know, the best converting and easily usable website that you can make. So it starts really at the basics of, you know, understanding who your customer is and what your messaging is, all the practical things about how to build your website and why and understand how people are going to interact with it. And then, you know, it builds right up to, you know, creating your own Facebook ads and all that really complicated stuff. And you actually uh, built your own website and it looks amazing. I did. And um, Thank you. I remember you saying that your wife was like the techie one, but then you got in mm. there and did it and started building and every week we kind of would look and you'd made a few little changes. And I think it's really hard and we've noticed this with different students and clients over time. It can be really hard to have a curated site because there are so many things that go on the website and also when you're wholesaling things, you know, maybe the profit margin's not as strong on some products and things like that. So what was your approach with building the site as far as, you know, your products on there and your, you know, the ones that you're using wholesalers for and things like that? Well, to be honest, numbers are not my strong point. So I really wasn't thinking about profit <laughs> margins. It was just, okay, this is going to look beautiful in the store. I love the product. So we're very careful about the way we curate pieces for the store in terms of loving the brand and the brand story and knowing the reason behind the way or why products are made. But looking at the numbers was sort of an afterthought. So I am getting <laughs> I am getting better yeah, at like, that. Oh, are we making money? <laughs> this was yeah. fun and all, but <laughs> this looks pretty. Yeah, that's beautiful. People are buying it, but are we making any money? Maybe not. <laughs> so there are definitely pieces in the store that are not online and that's because the profit margins just yep. aren't as good. For example, there's lots of local creators work in the store and that's great to have it in, in store and that, that offers something a little bit special to our local customers, but it's just not profitable enough to have those things online, particularly if it's a one-off yeah, piece sure. and the profit margin isn't as big. So you, you do have to consider those things definitely. And I think that comes along really strongly in your organic socials. You know, we follow you on Instagram that every piece you do put up, you are talking about the story behind it. Because a lot of the things, one of your products that I love is the Nudie Rudy mats. Mm -hmm. And you can get those from other stores, right? I could go and I could buy it from someone else. So having that really strong organic social presence, I feel, kind of connects people to your story and makes them want to buy it from you. I hope so. And, you know, one of the things I did learn from the both of you is that people buy from people. And, you know, it didn't come naturally to me to be in front of the camera on social media because I am an introvert. It definitely didn't come natural. But once I just got over myself and thought, you know what, I really genuinely love and am excited about the products that I've got in store. And that comes across really well in store to our local customers. So I'm just going to do that online. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they'll shop elsewhere and they can do that. Well, it's definitely working. I remember I got my little, my favorite purchase ever was my matching mum and me Kip and Co jumpers for myself and my baby. Mm -hmm. And I remember I actually saw it on Kip and Co's site, uh, Instagram. And I went, I wonder if Burbridge and Burke have got this. 
and I went and I bought it through your store. So by having that personal connection and sort of reminding mm. people every now and then, you know, the brands that you stock and those pieces and the story connecting back to you, definitely, you know, it had me thinking instead of just buying it here, oh, I wonder if, you know, Kim and Claire have got that and I'll go and buy it from them. So definitely that humans buy from humans. Yeah. And it's similar. I mean, I'm sort yeah. of, I'm starting to think about some of the other interviews that we've done and guests that we've had on our podcast, like Nick from Dot on a Sock saying that, you know, she started from the start and she didn't have that audience yet similar to you, but she knew that people buy from people. And so that was such a strong thing. And then Karen from Verde, who has a curated store similar to you, but very different style and very different audience, but owns that and then shows up and really puts herself out there. And something that she said was, you know, it was really awkward and felt a bit, you know, crap at the time, but then you get better at it and you just have to put yourself out there. So there's all of these little threads that, you know, sort of come through and they're the little commonalities that these successful online stores have. And it is doing those things that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning. Ripping off a bandaid. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I'm kind of looking at your online store and looking at it going, is it the products? Is it the story or is it the community and the connection that you've built? Like what is the thing or the things that make your online store really magnetic to people? Because it is so magnetic and engaging and unique. But like Karen said, you can buy those products elsewhere. But what do you think has been those you know, really key things. Is it people or is it you or is it your story? I think it's the story. I hope it's the story. You know, yes, you can buy a lot of the products that we have on other curated stores or directly from the brand. But I like to think that when people come to our site, they're not just seeing the product. They're seeing the story of why we chose the product, why we love mm. it and why they would love it's it like too. like a trust piece. Yes, and we're always very open and transparent about who made the product and where it is from. Like you'll never, you know, one of my bugbears is going to a website and seeing a great product but having no idea about who the brand is or where it came from or where it was manufactured or why. And I wanted to create something very different and for people to really fall in love with the brand or the maker and the store of the product. And you get that on our website just like you do if you're in store and I'm talking passionately about, you know, why. So when people come to you, they can be confident that every single piece on your site, you've kind of done the research for them. They know that every piece has a story behind it. And because they know you and your story and you really clearly communicate and talk directly to your audience, then they know that the story is authentic and true and they can trust you. Yeah, I think so. I think it's about building that trust. And while I have, I'm not sure if I'm right or not, but I think that's why people come to the store because, yeah, it's about building that trust and letting people know that, yeah, we're not just selling you a whole lot of mass-produced stuff that's owned by an Australian company mm. and saying, here's all Australian products. Like they're independent Australian brands who really care about what they're making and how they're making it by talking about that yeah, we're giving people the confidence that, you know, we've done all that hard work for them in terms of research and they can be confident that they're buying something really beautiful and ethically made that they'll love forever. Even though I'm in marketing and I know all the things, I still, I'm a sucker for a story, right? As soon as something mm. has got a story behind it, to me, it's worth so much more money. Mm -hmm. So I could look at a pair of earrings and go, eh, $50 for a pair of earrings, mm, they're okay. 
I could look another $50 pair of earrings, but as soon as it's got a bit of a story about the maker and how this is handmade and this is where they were made, I'm like, oh, wow, they're only $50. Like all of a sudden my whole mindset changed and it's kind of like, you know, if you think something is mass produced or, you know, if you don't know, you don't see the value in it. But as soon as you can like picture a human being sitting there making them by hand, it's like, wow, they took their time to do that and I don't have to do it. So yeah, I'd love to buy from them. And then, you know, if somebody, I've got a beautiful Tiff Manuel bag and I love it. But every time somebody asks me about it, I go off on this tangent. I'm like, I should be getting paid by this woman. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. did you know that she like paints these canvases by hand and then she only does a few of each one and then she makes only like two bags of each style out of each canvas. And then it's like her walking around with a piece of artwork <laughs> and I just go on this big thing and it's like... <laughs> She's sold me yeah. on her story and that's why I bought the product. And then anyone that loves it, I tell them the story. And then I remember I was at a doctor's once and while I was there talking to the receptionists who loved my bag, all three of them jumped on her website and started shopping while I was there because I was like telling them all about it and I got all excited about it. So they got all excited about it and it kind of just spread from there. So story is so powerful. Uh, when it comes to any of your products. So I think that's one thing that you've really captured on your website really well is including the stories within each sort of brand and each product that's on there. Yeah, I definitely try. You know, it's something that's important to us. So it's really important to try and make that clear on the website. Because you lose that. I can just imagine walking into your physical store and you telling me all about it and, you know, that passion oozing through. So for a lot of people, they lose that when they go to the online presence. So you've done everything you can to sort of put that across and put your personal opinion and story behind the piece on there as well. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, we definitely try. It's difficult with an online store when you sell pieces that are limited edition because it's hard to put a lot of work into the copy and the description for every product when you know you might only have two of them. So it's a balancing act, um, but we we try and get as much across online as we can. I think something else that you've done really, really well is created this community of people who are there for you, are there like your customers, your core customer base. How have you done that? How have you gone from having a bricks and mortar store who's super local to having an online store who's, I'm guessing you sell all around Australia? And we do. how have you done that? How have you really resonated with those people? I'm customers. No, how did you, like you, you just, you've done such a good job at positioning yourself. So like, it's kind of a little bit about the story that we've spoken about you putting yourself out there, but how did you decide, did you actively do it? Or was it kind of like something that you've iterated over time and kind of just stumbled into, but I feel like you've got a really, like you could clearly articulate who your customer avatar is. You could say they're this person, that they're, they're interested in this kind of thing that, you know, you could probably even go into their demographics and family and, you know, that kind of detail, because to me, it feels like it's so clear. I mean, thank you. It's nice that you think that I've got it together like that because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I do. It looks like you do. (laughs) In a lot of ways, our ideal customer or, you know, who our customer is, is very much me. You know, they're around my age. They might have a lot more money than me (laughs) being a small business owner, but their values Mm -hmm. are the same, you know. So it's really easy to connect with people when you share the same values. You have your differences, but if you're connecting on values that are really important to you, you can make a really strong It's one connection. of the tips that we give in Ecom Igniter is when you're narrowing down your target audience, we say it's often you because, you know, you saw a problem or a niche 
or a gap in the market and you wanted to fill that gap or create a solution to the problem. And so you have done that. And, you know, the easiest person to understand and to know what you want and what you don't like is yourself. So if you're talking to other people like you, it's kind of easy. So, I mean, some, sometimes it's not some brands, especially bigger brands have, you know, a very specific target audience and it's not necessarily the business owner, but when it is small business owners like us, it often is the business owner. Yeah, it is. It's a really personal thing, our business, you know, everything that comes into the store, I do all the buying for the store and it's all very much my taste. You know, if I don't love it, it doesn't make it in. So I'm always connecting with customers who have similar tastes. You know, they might not like all the wild, colourful things that I like, but they might like the more minimalist things that I also like. So yeah, just about connecting with people that share the same tastes or the same values. And it's quite I think natural. Karen's busting to, to ask a question, but I have one question that's really like, I'm just so <laughs> interested in this because it kind of ties into. <laughs> okay. Do you worry about your competition? Uh, there are definitely times, you know, there are lots of stores that carry the same brands as us. And, you know, my wife, Claire, is usually the person that sort of talks me down if I'm having a little freak out about competition. But, you know, two and a half years into the business, I feel a lot more comfortable appreciating that there is enough success available to everyone. And we don't need to be everyone's first choice. We just need to be someone's first choice. You know, there while we do have a range of curated products that other stores have, creating some of the pieces ourselves in store or collaborating on projects with other creatives means that there's always going to be something very special and unique to us that no one else is going to have. And you've just got to focus on those things and wish everyone else in your industry well. I think that's a great attitude to have. You know, there is enough for everyone. And we say you've got to put your blinkers on, put like your little side blinkers and pretend that you just can't see everyone else. Otherwise, it's just, they say the comparison's the thief of joy. And if you're constantly, and I used to do it yeah. years ago, constantly looking at other people going, oh, there's no point in me teaching Facebook ads. There's already someone doing that. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that you'll always find people who would rather hear something yeah. from you or they'd rather buy something from you. We actually just had a rebrand. So Larry the Laser, who I want to ask you about in a sec, Kim, but we had, uh, Karen has a sign behind her in her office, which Larry the Laser made. And as soon as that was printed, we had a rebrand. One of the questions that <laughs> the designer that we used asked was, who else is in your industry who are other e-commerce coaches and mentors and stuff out there and Karen and I were like uh we don't know <laughs> we don't we just don't know we I, honestly I, I feel like if I start looking there it just I don't know it's like you know it kind of cripples you because you're like oh well that person's sort of saying that and really if you know what your customers want and you can talk to them it doesn't matter because like you said other people are selling the same things as you but they're not talking about them in the way that you are they don't have the story that you have they're not you and the beautiful photos yeah, that you take of people them. buy from people so yeah, if anyone's watching, watching anyone's listening that has, uh, you know, a curated site, lots of products, definitely go and check out Burbridge and Burke's Instagram because they have a beautiful feed and it's a really nice mix of, you know, supplier photos for some things, but I can see where you take photos in store and I love how you kind of bring that feeling of being in a beautiful store 
online because people at the moment are missing going out to a nice store. So it kind of gives them their retail therapy of being able to go through the store, feel like they're there and looking at the beautiful stands full of lovely products. But you also, you know, take photos of all the different angles. There's a bag that you've got on there at the moment. It's gorgeous, by the way. Very similar to a jacket I have. (laughs) And um, you've got all the different angles and you've got the material close up and I can really feel like I'm in store and actually seeing the quality of that. So do you take your photos yourself? I do take a lot of photos myself and it's a skill that I'm constantly trying to work on. I'd love to have the space to have a bit of a um, photography studio, which is a, a dream because, you know, it's really important to have your own imagery Yeah, when you're a curated store in particular. You don't just want the same photos everyone else has got. No, exactly. Um, last year, late last year, we collaborated with a local photographer and a local stylist to do like a two-day lifestyle shoot. Awesome. And that was incredible, you know, working with other female creatives in the area but getting this whole bank of imagery that we've got that we can use on our social media and online that showcases products that other people are stocking but in our own unique way and really sets us apart. So Was that the one where you took the bed outside? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. love those photos. Yeah, they're beautiful. They can still, you know, they're still relevant because they're brand specific. So, that you know, they tell your story. Mm. They're not um, something that expires. So I, I touched on Larry the Laser. Can you just tell us how Larry fits into your store yeah so larry is our laser cutter and he's a maybe the hardest working member of the team i would say (laughs) (laughs) he definitely pulls his weight so we do a lot of laser cut jewelry and we laser cut like timber toys and games for kids and mobiles and things so larry um is heavily involved in the sort of manufacturing side of our creative business and he lives in the studio attached to the store and when he's not cutting things for us, he's cutting things for other creatives, which is really nice being able to help other creatives realise their projects. Mm. And he um, wasn't around when you first started with us. He came a little bit later. so He did. We bought our very first laser machine, oh, I don't know, it could have been 10 years ago, a much cheaper, inferior machine. <laughs> and um, we thought, look, if we're going to be really serious about this, we need to upgrade our equipment. So Larry was a very big and scary investment, but he's very worthwhile having because the, the the quality of a really good laser cutter is very obvious on the finished product. I love how you talk about it. You talk about him as a the story and, you know, it kind of just like ties everything that we've been talking about together. You've got the story you almost like humanize him so like people buy from people uh and also there's enough there's enough success something from larry (laughs) larry you know larry helped with this there's enough success to go around so you're actually letting other creatives use your machine which is amazing so yeah i think you've just done such an amazing job it's been so cool to watch your journey evolve over the last what three years to two and a bit nearly three and I am I I just can't wait to see where you go in the next two or three years it's just been amazing so maybe Larry will get a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe if Claire had her way she would definitely have another machine uh so thank you so much Kim for coming on we always love to do a little shameless plug at the end uh we have our waitlist on for our Ecom Igniter if anyone is Thinking of doing Ecom Igniter, what would you tell them? Well, I've already recommended the program to so many people. I'm 
<laughs> you know, I, I talk to a lot of other people, sort of a lot of people come to me um, to talk about their, their dreams of either having a, a store, an online store, um, and giving them your details is one of the first things that I do um, because it's it's just such a great program whether you're right at the beginning of your journey or you're partway through and you're feeling a bit lost because it's so comprehensive. It covers so much and it's all in really manageable chunks of information with, you know, videos to walk you through everything that you're doing and the fact that you are constantly updating material and you've got lifetime access. So, you know, if I sort of let something go and I'm like, oh, you know, I really need to relook at our email sequences and wonder whether I need to do any tweaking, you know, I can go back to that module and, um, you know, refresh things. So it's an ongoing wealth of information. We love having you there. We love having you as part of yeah. our amazing community of students. And uh, yeah, it's just been such an honor to be a part of your journey. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on your very yeah. first you popped your podcast cherry with us. I know, and it's so exciting. It's so exciting because I just like devour podcasts. Like I just, I listen to them when I'm in the shower and everything. Like I can't stop. Um, particularly business podcasts. I'm, I've become such a nerd. Now um, but I love to it. So in the shower. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know whether I will listen to myself. I'll maybe make Claire listen to it, and then she can tell me how great I was. <laughs> I love it. Well, you have been amazing. And it, for everybody, go and jump on Burbage and Burke's Instagram. Tell Kim how amazing she was. Uh, have a look at how amazing her store is and uh, yeah thank you so much Kim thank you both so much it was a real pleasure if you're looking to sell more on your online store you might like to check out Ecom Igniter our online training program find out more at ecomigniter.com and be sure to join the waitlist access our special early bird offer